What's going on, Substackers, Substacations, Substaconians, Funny Bunnies, my friends, my subscribers, my lovelies, my my the cornerstone of my world. I love y'all. I just took a big old swig of moonshine, by the way. Happy Saturday. Skew! That's right. Your boy ain't been drinking that much lately, but it is, uh, it's time to celebrate. And what are we celebrating? Well, we're celebrating the milestone that I just passed uh, on Substack. I had a certain amount of paid subscribers that I wanted to hit this month, and it didn't even take me till the end of the month to hit it. So I appreciate y'all for getting the word out. Realistically, it's probably just because uh, I hit the bestsellers list, and that's how all that works out. That's not, I didn't just come here to brag, but I do like to share my success with y'all because y'all are such a huge part of my success. You are my only success. This is uh this is great. It is getting closer and closer every day to this substack being the only thing that I do, which means so many more awesome things, more behind the scenes stuff. I just had a production meeting with my homeboy Chris who's going to be helping us out a lot over here discussing the next round of edits on some projects that we're doing to bring to y'all that will be Substack exclusives just for y'all. I mean, we're going to be putting out like previews and stuff on Twitter and YouTube and stuff, but y'all some bitches are going to be the only ones that can get it. And I'm super excited about it. A couple podcasts, some documentaries, some audio dramas, all sorts of good stuff. But while we're here, I would like to talk about Moonshine and something that gripes me and grinds my gears a little bit. This is not a 20,000 step rant, by the way. I'm actually at my house. I am outside. So a lot of you are thinking to yourself, well, Corey, why aren't you just in front of your computer recording this? I find that my stream of consciousness works better when I'm walking. So I've got my mobile studio in my hand, my new little microphone that I used in the other video that you saw to capture sound. And I'm walking around like some sort of journalist from the 70s, just just with a, a field recorder in his hand trying to be like, Mr. Nixon, what really happened at Watergate? You know, uh, I don't. So I said I took a swig of moonshine, but what I did was I took a swig of blackberry flavored whiskey that is marketed as moonshine. This is one of my biggest pet peeves in the entire world is that they are now legally they're like, this is legal moonshine. I'm sorry. Um, and maybe it's semantics, but I come from a time where words matter, okay? And there is no such thing as legal moonshine. It literally cannot exist. Moonshine, by definition, is illegally manufactured and illegally distributed alcohol. Distributed, distributed, what an idiot. Illegally distributed alcohol. Therefore, if it's legal moonshine, it is not moonshine. It is just whiskey and not good whiskey either. It's also only 60%, which that's fine. I'm not going to sit here and act like I need high tests, but we all know that moonshine is supposed to be damn near 100 proof. You ought to be able to put it in your lawnmower and have that some bitch go. It should peel the paint off of your wall. You should be able to bleach your butthole with it. <laughs> if it don't hurt and it don't make you squirt, it ain't moonshine, baby. 
And then the blackberry flavor, I can't dog the blackberry flavor. We all love, you know, nice flavored things. It's just, and like, it's not like we didn't have apple pie moonshine when we were kids. Of course, we had apple pie moonshine. We all loved it, but it was only just a little less brutal than the straight up moonshine. You know what I mean? It just had that little cinnamon kick to it that made it just a little bit more palatable. Maybe you wouldn't make such a grotesque face after you took a swig, but God dang it, all these old smoky. Uh, uh, establishments talking about selling legal moonshine, you are a slap in the face to the hard-working, illegal pirates of the South who are up all night guarding their stills from the cops. That's moonshine, baby. If I didn't get it from my brother-in-law in a parking lot <laughs> under the <laughs> under the cover of night it's not moonshine what you have is blackberry flavored whiskey a malt beverage at best it's too sweet i am drunk though <laughs> i am drunk and it did taste good but i haven't been drinking a lot lately and um, I, I know that I probably should clear a couple things up with y'all because people do worry about me. Y'all are the sweetest people on earth. And it bothers me how much y'all worry about me. But at the same time, I can't be too upset at it because it's like, well, Corey, that just that just means they care or at least they pretend to care so that they can feign some sort of superiority over you, says the chip on my shoulder that my therapist told me. But no, um, I constantly talk about drinking and stopping drinking and starting back drinking. And I, and, and, and I cannot fault anyone for thinking that that means that I have a problem with alcohol. I don't. Well, I do have a problem with alcohol, but it's not from an addiction standpoint. I'm someone who can go a very, 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 very long time without drinking, um, I, I'm not an alcoholic. I also recently have discovered that I can have three or four beers and then stop, but I've only found that out out of necessity. Here is my problem with alcohol and why I'm constantly talking about giving up booze. The, my problem with alcohol is not that once I start, I can't stop, and it's not that I have to have a drink every day. It's that, and this is unfortunate, it's not fair but we, uh, we have to play the hands that we are dealt. Because of my depression and anxiety and the way that your neurons and your, and your uh, oh, what's the sum bitch that's in charge of your happiness, your endorphins and your serotonin and all that, because mine uh, already ain't doing double duty and require medical assistance to even do their job, uh, whenever I introduced alco introduce alcohol into my system, which is, everyone knows, a depressant, the rumor goes that the only alcohol that's not a depressant is tequila. And I don't know if that's true or if that's just the thing we say. I have noticed that whenever I drink tequila, if I can do it in moderation, my drunk is happier and also the hangover is worse. So maybe there is something to that and maybe I should stick to tequila. But Here's what happens to me when I drink, and maybe some of y'all can relate to this. And part of this is just getting older. That's true. Part of this is just getting older because, you know, back when you, when you first start drinking, a hangover's not even a thing. 
I mean, you might wake up with a little bit of a headache, but then you smoke you a Hooter, you take you a Percocet, you pop you a Xanax, you're good to go, eat a piece of pizza, roll on highway, roll on home, you know. And then you get a little bit older and it's like, oh no, I definitely get hangovers and they last, you know, I have an all day long hangover. But then you get a little bit older and them hangovers turn into two days. And then you get a little bit older and them hangovers turn into three days. And here is how a three-day hangover works. It's because it's not that you're completely hung over for the three days. It's just the, the after effects of alcohol. The first day is the worst, obviously. You are hungover. You have a headache. Your belly hurts. Your body hurts. You are depressed because basically, as they say, you borrowed happiness from the next day. You made your one day hit so hard that tomorrow has no room left for the hits. So you're aching, you're sore, your head's killing you, you want to vomit. Now, the second day, when you get a little bit older, you still kind of have a little bit of a headache, a little bit of a bellyache, but it's gone away mostly, but you still got to count that as a hangover. The third day of a hangover, you're not really, your head's not really hurting, your belly's not really hurting, it's just that you have no energy in the world. You have no desire to be alive. You just don't have it. There is not enough coffee in the world. And the problem, too, is that we live in a society where you can't take a break, dude. You're not allowed to take a break in this society. With the way the economy is, unless you're lucky to be the CEO of somewhere, you have to grind every single day. That whole, like you know, middle Amer- middle class America was like, I punch in and I make $75,000, $80,000 a year. Like, well, first off, $75,000, $80,000 a year ain't near what it used to be. But if you live in a place like me, you can, you know, you have a comfortable life, $75,000, $80,000 a year. But most people don't have that. So if they're trying to get to $75,000, $80,000 a year, they got to have a side hustle, whether it's working their day job and then going and delivering pizzas at night or having some sort of their own side business, selling Mary Kay or whatever it is. So it's it's we live in a 24 like you're on the clock 24 hours. Well, you can't give just two days away to the ether. But when you're super hungover, you can't do shit. Well, here's the deal, y'all. Those two days where you did nothing. There was still stuff that needed to be done, and it ain't going away, which means that if you put it off for them two days, you're going to have to get to it eventually, and you can't skip the stuff you already got to do Monday. you just now going to have to do Monday stuff and Saturday stuff and Sunday stuff, and that makes you super stressed, which makes you feel even worse about everything. And that's how alcohol affects me. And that's what I say, what I mean when I say I have a problem with alcohol. Because everything I just described is true in that the first day it's a super bad hangover. The second day it's a little bit worse of a hangover. And the third day I just don't have any energy. On the fourth day, my brain chemistry has still not gotten back to normal. If I drink one night, and when I say drink to excess, I mean have, you know... 17, 18 beers. I know a lot of y'all think that's a lot, but it really ain't. I mean, I, I used to I used to be a 30 to 45 beer a day kind of guy. But if I have 17 to 18 beers, that type of drunk, 
it will take me a full seven days before I mentally bounce back from that. A full seven days. And frankly, I do not have, I can't take a week off. I can't take a day off. I'm not complaining. I love everything that I do. I love my work. I love being busy for y'all. I love putting stuff out damn near every day. Uh, I love writing stand-up comedy. I love writing for shows, you know, that I do. I'm blessed to have a wonderful job. But especially with, and I'm not saying my hangover is worse than your hangover, but having when you, when your job is your brain, when you have to, like, be creative and stuff, you literally need your brain the whole time. Back when I was working retail, and this is not me shitting on anybody that works retail, you will never find anyone who has more respect for people that work retail because I worked retail for 10 years. But back when I worked retail, like, yeah, I could do it hungover. It didn't hit. I didn't like dealing with people while I had a hangover, but, like, you basically did the same thing every day. It's like, I'll fold this, i run the register, whatever. You can go through the motions. But when you're <laughs> when you're your own boss and you're creating stuff and you gotta be thinking all the time, I can't I just can't afford it anymore. And that's why I don't drink. That is what I mean when I say I have a problem with alcohol, is that I just don't have time for it in my life anymore. And every time I do drink, it fucks up an entire week. And then I get a week behind and then I gotta play catch up. And guess who has the most anxiety you've ever met? It's your boy. It's me talking to you right now. A lot of this is probably resonating with a lot of y'all. I'm telling you, if you're out there, even if you're not an alcoholic, but you're just someone who frequently drinks, because why not? Give it up for a couple months and come back and tell me that your life ain't so much better and that you can't learn to have fun without it, because I promise you that you can. The only part that's a bummer is like there's a lot of triggers. And again, I don't mean this from like an I, I'm an alcoholic. I'm not. But like I am someone who I know how much fun it is to drink and all of my friends drink. And it's football season, and so we're having parties, and everybody is boozing. And the, and the reason that you want to booze when everybody else is boozing, it's not the peer pressure of they're drunk, I want to be drunk. What it is for me, and again, y'all might relate to this, is when you're stone-cold sober and you're around a bunch of drunk people, they're just about ain't nothing worse, dude. There ain't nothing worse. Matter of fact, during the pandemic, uh, I quit drinking during the pandemic, but for the first like three or four, I'm peeing by the way. I don't know if y'all can hear. I hope you can't. Boy, this is a super intimate podcast. Uh, the first three to four weeks of the pandemic, back when we thought like, oh, this will be over pretty quick, no big deal. You know, we were drinking really heavily, and the main reason I was drinking heavily is because my wife was drinking heavily, and I love my wife, y'all. I love my wife with every fiber of my being. She is my soulmate. I would do anything for her. Are there things that we both do that get on each other's nerves? Of course, but ultimately, there's no one I'd rather spend the rest of my life with. I genuinely thank a God I don't believe in every day just for her existence. She is wonderful. She is the lid to my pot. She is my lobster, if you watch Friends. However, when my wife is drunk, and I am not drunk, I want to strangle her with a belt. <laughs> I would never do it. I'd never do it. But, like, 
when they're on that level and you're in reality and you're thinking rationally, it is almost impossible to have a good time in that moment. So when a bunch of people are drinking, your peer pressure to drink doesn't come from, come on, man, have a beer. We're having a good time. It comes from, I need to get stupid too so that their stupid doesn't seem as stupid. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I'm around that a lot in comedy clubs and football parties and just hanging out with my brother-in-law and everybody where it's just like, man, I don't really, I don't need to drink to have a good time, but I do need to drink in order to be able to put up with all of this bullshit because everyone is less annoying when you're on the same level as them. Uh, And last night, me and Trey recorded an episode of putting on airs remotely. We're having to do some remotely because of uh, traveling conflicts. I couldn't get out there to to film episodes, which I am. I actually just got a plane ticket. I'll be heading over there in two weeks to uh, record new, uh, more traditional episodes. But we were recording last night, and we just got on a roll, and we did a goddamn damn near three-hour podcast, and we were having so much fun, I decided to crack a couple beers. Next thing you know, I'm drinking moonshine. Next thing you know, the cycle begins, and I justified it by being like, hey, man, all you got to do is get through the weekend, and then on Monday, you're leaving to go to Iowa. You're going to be fine. But I'm already kind of regretting it. Uh, if I'm being honest. And I said all that to say this. If you're out there, I'm not speaking to alcoholics. Obviously, y'all need your own kind of help, and we're all here for you, and please get the help you need. I'm just talking to people who um, maybe you're a little bummed out. Maybe your your energy's not so good as of late. Maybe you're unhappy or anxious. I would suggest just trying. It might not be the solution. might not be the only solution, but I would just suggest trying to lay off the booze because it's worked wonders for me. And then um, I also do a thing called the reset. And I guess right now I'm doing a reset where once I go four months without drinking and I feel so good, that starts to become your norm and you don't know how good you feel. So you need to get drunk to be reminded of how much you don't want to get drunk, if that makes sense to you, which is currently, I guess, what I'm doing. So, also, you can tell when I've had some moonshine, my accent gets thicker than a bowl of oatmeal, baby. So, anyways, I was just checking in on this Saturday. I normally don't post stuff on Saturday, but I just want to do something every day for y'all, whether it be one of these rants or um, an essay or a blog post or whatever. I want to make sure that y'all get something every day that even if you don't, you know, everything's not for everybody. But I have been told that people are like, hey, man, I just like putting you on when I'm driving down the road because your voice comforts me. And that's all I want to do is I want to entertain you and I want to be a comfort. So I appreciate all you who tune in to the program here at Substack. Like I said, we got so many cool things coming in the pike. I know I keep saying that, but y'all have seen that we've added some of it, and we're adding more. Like I said, I'm having production meetings. We about got a budget now. It's wild, and it's all because of y'all, and I super appreciate you. And remember, if you aren't subscribed at the $5 level, I'd please consider it. It's a cup of coffee every month, uh, I think. I don't know how much coffee is anymore. <laughs> But it's a cup of coffee every month uh, that would really help the show and help us be able to produce better things and, you know, pay my producer and all that good stuff and support me uh, so that I can dedicate my time to putting out more quote unquote content. Y'all know I hate that word for y'all. 
uh, and so that I can stay home and raise this baby and still be an entertainer uh, exclusively for the people here on this sub stack. But also, as you know, if you cannot afford it, just email buttercreamcory at gmail.com and I will take care of you. No questions asked. But I will tell you this. If everybody that is a free subscriber would switch to becoming a paid subscriber, we would already hit our two-year goal, <laughs> and that would hit super hard, and I would immediately be just full-time on the Substack. So that's a little food for thought. I love y'all. Have a wonderful Saturday. Have a wonderful Sunday. And oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, I'm about to start writing a Bible and putting it out on Substack one chapter at a time. It's going to be fun. Love you. Bye.